Hi, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the No Recipe Required podcast. I'm your host, Leslie Taylor. This week, I am bringing back one of our favorite guests from last year, uh, my dear friend Hillary. And we're going to talk about wine, and we're going to talk about red wine. And as I'll go on to say in the episode, um, I'm not going to talk about Cote du Rhone. I am not going to talk about Tempranillo. I am not going to talk about Sauvignon Blanc. I am not going to <laughs> talk about wines from Prince Edward County because I've talked about these things to death and I know that people want to hear about other stuff. So I approached Hillary um, earlier this week, maybe it was last week, and said, hey, what do you think if we each pick Uh, two wines, two grapes from completely different regions and you pick two grapes and I pick two grapes and then by the end of it we've got four wines from four different regions, two different grapes and we can compare and contrast. What do you think? And she was like, I'm in, count me in. So in the episode you'll hear what she picked and what I picked. I'm not going to give it away, although it is in the show notes. Um, One thing I want to mention, we do use like a little... um, uh, abbreviation here in Ontario we buy our wines at the LCBO so if you hear um, Hillary refer to the LICBO that's like the short form for LCBO which is the Liquor Control Board of Ontario so here in Ontario that's where we mostly get our wines we can get it from a few other places but that's the biggest distributor I've talked about that on previous podcasts as well so if you hear that term LICBO and you're like LICBO what's she talking about Um, that's what we're talking about so I hope you enjoy this um, podcast Oh, I will say one other thing. We went on and on and on and on. And I know that my dear listeners like to have their episodes short and sweet. So you're only going to get two of our four wines in this episode. You're going to have to wait for the next week's episode to get our other two wines. And then we went on and on and on about a whole bunch of other stuff. And so we'll probably end up with a third episode out of it as well. Anyway, without further ado, please uh, join me and welcoming my dear friend Hillary for this episode of Red Wine Ladies called Two Grapes, Four Regions. So back by popular demand, it's the Red Wine Ladies. <laughs> my special guest today is, is my dear friend Hillary. Uh, we've had several talks about wine. Um, at this point, who knows how long this conversation will go. So it could be Mm. one episode, could be two episodes, could be four episodes. Um, (laughs) Depends on how long we have to talk about wine. Um, I kind of wanted to subtitle this episode, the one where Leslie is not allowed to talk about Cote d'Iron or Tempranillo from Spain, because that seems like that's all I talk about these days because it's all I drink right now is Tempranillo and Cote de Rome. So that is the last time I will say either of those two things. Um, We're going to talk about different kinds of wine today. So the premise behind this, and I asked uh, Hillary a couple of days ago uh, to pick two wines that are the same grape, but from two different regions. And I've done the same. So I've picked a different grape from what Hillary picked, and I've picked two wines from two different regions. So I'm not quite sure how we're going to reveal this to each other. (laughs) Um, Maybe I'll start um, because it's my brainwave idea (laughs) to do it this way. Um, So uh, the grape that I am tasting is Cabernet Sauvignon. And for the sake of just ease, I'm just going to call it Cab or Cabernet. 
the whole time. I can't stand the term cab salve and cab sove. I just don't like the way that sounds. Mm -hmm. So I'm just calling it cab or cabernet for the purposes of this conversation. But we're talking about cabernet sauvignon. And the reason I picked cab is because, first of all, it's super easy to find in the liquor store. There's pretty much every region ha has a cab. Every country produces Cabernet. It's probably, if not the most popular grape in the world, it is definitely in the, at the top. I'd say probably Cabernet and Chardonnay are probably the two most popular wine varietals, the grape varietals that are, that are planted in the world. So um, that's why I went with uh, Cabernet. And um, I've gone Southern Hemisphere for both of my choices, which will be very interesting as well. So Hillary, do you want to give us a hint in terms of what is the grape and generally the regions of those grapes that you've chosen? Mm -hmm. Okay, well, hi, everybody. Really nice to be back. Um, and oddly enough, we never run out of things to talk about when it comes to wine. So I thought this was such a fun challenge. And when I thought about, hmm, what grape? I went to see what I had. And of course, as anybody who's listened to this podcast in, in the past knows, I have a lot of stuff that comes from Canada. Right. So can't talk about Canada. Oh, yeah, that was the other thing. So we can't talk. We can't talk yeah. about that wine region in France. We can't talk about that grape from Spain. And we can't talk about wine from that certain county in Eastern Ontario, mm -hmm. because we've just mm -hmm. talked way too much about too much. all of those places. So, yeah. So I started out with a wine from the United States. It's not from Sonoma County. Mm. It's not from Napa, mm. but it is from close by. It's from Lodi. Lodi, okay. Mm -hmm. Fun fact, I know Leslie has said this on this podcast previously. Well, I'm going to drink Merlot. You're drinking the effing Merlot. I'm drinking <clears throat> effing Merlot. So I revealed where one of them's from. I'm yes. not going to reveal where the other one's from. Just yet. Just yet. Okay. And I'm going to share some fun facts about Merlot and we'll, okay. just, we'll just see where we get to. Okay, so so start with your fun facts about Merlot. What do, what do you know about Merlot? Well, so first of all, Merlot, French for the little blackbird. Who knew? Did not know that. Um, my grape, my chosen grape, and your chosen grape are both from the same family. Mm -hmm. Right? They both came from um, Capron. Yes. So interesting that we're on that sort of same spectrum. Mm -hmm. I didn't, I didn't uh, realize that they, they both came from there. Um, Merlot is actually one of the world's most popular red wines. Mm. Interestingly enough, it's the fifth most planted grape in Italy. Oh, Italy. Huh. Uh-huh. Okay. We need to do an episode about Italy. I don't think we've done one. I think that would be very interesting. <clears throat> yes. Um, but what I didn't know was it's in a lot of the Super Tuscans. Yes. So, so Super Tuscans, meaning that they are not the typical Italian grape varietals that are used in all the uh, DOCs, as they're called, um, yeah. in, in Italy. So if you're using a grape that's not an official grape of that region, uh, you're not allowed to use it basically and call it 
wine from that region. So in Tuscany, they've got the super Tuscans, which are usually blends of Merlot, Cabernet. They're often like a Bordeaux blend, right? Right. They're very much Bordeaux blend, aren't they? <clears throat> yeah. So, so that could account for why it's the fifth most planted grape in, yeah. uh, in Italy. Because um, I think it's blended a lot too, right? It's it's uh, it's often much. used in blends. It's um, yeah. depending on where in Bordeaux, it could be the primary grape or it could be a secondary grape or even a third grape um, in a yeah. Bordeaux blend. Yeah. So um, I can give you more fun facts or we can just pepper them throughout the conversation. Pepper them throughout. What is, uh, okay. what's the first wine you're drinking? Tell us a little bit about it. So you so, said, mentioned Lodi. Yes. So it's from... Um, Lodi. Um, it is Noble Vines Collection 181 Merlot. Not exactly the most sort of like, ooh, I think I really want to drink 181. Yeah. Right? Like it's just, I don't know about the name, but was in the Lickbo. Okay. So um, both of the wines came from the Lickbo, obviously. $20, the magic price point, $19.95. So, um, but interestingly was rated by wine enthusiast as a 91. Oh. So, you know, they, they generally consider that they know something about wine. And it got five stars on the Lickbo um, site. But the fact that only two people had reviewed it is not hugely revealing right perhaps <laughs> so i haven't tried it yet but the description uh full-bodied and concentrated deep potent black fruit flavors blend seamlessly with notes of dark chocolate cinnamon and vanilla that's it that's all that says okay so have yeah. a taste let me know what you think so let's see like. let's give it a, a wee swirl now Another fun fact about Merlot, as I'm just giving this a little swirl, um, I read somewhere today that you are supposed to serve Merlot slightly cooler than people generally do. Okay. So pop it in the fridge 15 minutes before you're due to open. Okay. Interesting. Sounds good. I'm cheating and tasting first because not getting a lot on the nose. Mm. It's actually a lot of tannins on the nose. Mm which is kind of a funny thing to, to smell instead of taste, but it has that sort of acidity. It gets right to the back of the nose right away. Right. Yeah. Um, mm. The description um, on the LCBO site is very accurate. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, it's really, it's very full fruit. So they said, I think blackberry, Right. And, and I would say almost sort of dark plum, dark cherry. Mm -hmm. Like it's got a real intensity to that dark fruit um, flavor. And I can see where they get the chocolate. Yeah. Really nice, long finish. You really, okay. and, and then there's a little hint of vanilla in okay. there. Is it oaked? Does it say whether it's it's spent time in oak? Because that's usually where so, you get the vanilla from. The interesting thing about this one, uh, it doesn't say on the bottle. It doesn't say anything about it on the on the website for the winery. Hmm. Interesting. So, I'm not picking that up. 
what one other thing about Lodi, and I think I can I can get it from this wine. Lodi is famous for old vines, like old vine zin. So think Seven Deadly. Yeah, zin, Seven Deadly zins. Right? Yep. Yeah. Lodi. Right. Um, and so interestingly enough, um, they were going to rip out all of the old zin vines and and plant sort of new things. But I think some of them are low vines or older and, and had come from, from France. Um, so I'm getting a lot of very intense flavor from this wine that would seem to be sort of that same sort of intensity that you get with the Zins from there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's mm -hmm. really good. Good. Well, that yeah. kind of actually, um, resonates with me with the first wine that I'm going to talk about today. Um, cause something, I, I noticed something similar with my wine, um, or my chosen wine. So, uh, I said that both of my cabs are from the Southern hemisphere. So mm -hmm. my first wine is called, um, and this is also available at the LCBO, uh, for 22.95. So it's in that sort of 20 ish dollar range Chateau Tenuta Grand Barossa Cabernet Sauvignon 2019. Um, so it's from Australia and Australia mm -hmm. is obviously very much known for its Shiraz. Um, mm -hmm. So the wine regions, I'll just talk a little bit about Australia. The wine regions um, in Australia are mostly along the southern edge of the continent um, because obviously the northern parts of Australia are just way too hot to grow um, grapes. So the southern parts of Australia, the southern coast all along from east to west, um, they've got uh, many, many regions. Um, Australia is mostly known for their Shiraz, um, and that's the most popular grape there. Chardonnay mm -hmm. and Cabernet Sauvignon are the next most common varietals. Um, and when I tasted this wine, I got a real Shiraz vibe from it. And I'm wondering oh. if it's because it's grown around so much Shiraz or it's, you know, we talk about terroir and, mm -hmm. um, you know, it's, it's grown in an area that's actually more known for Shiraz than it is for Cabernet. So, mm -hmm. uh, Kunwara, which is it, which is Southeast of Adelaide, um, in, on the South Australia slash Victoria border. So those two States, um, so it's right on the border between South Australia and Victoria, um, and uh, that area is most, sorry, Kunwara is most no notable for Cabernet Sauvignon. The wine I'm drinking is not from Kunwara. The wine I'm drinking is from the Barossa Valley, which is wow. more known for its Shiraz. Right. Um, so it was interesting that I chose a wine that isn't really from a, like I chose a, uh, a grape that's not really from a region that is known for that particular grape. Yes, they grow it there. They usually use it as a blending grape, but in this case, um, it is um, full on um, uh, Cabernet Sauvignon. Um, that's interesting. We both did that. Mm -hmm. We both found wines from regions that were known from somewhere for, for yeah. something else. And you know what? Part of it was laziness on my part because I only wanted to go to one store to buy both mm. my wines. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want to have to go to other stores. And the store closest to me doesn't always have the best selection unless yeah. it's something that is being featured that particular month. So this right. one was featured this month um, in the LCBO Vintages magazine. So they had lots in stock. And so that's mm. kind of how I ended up with it. And it got a good rating. 
Um, so this one is from the Barossa Valley, um, along with uh, say McLaren and the Clare Valley are, the, are mostly known for their Shirazes. So those three, Barossa, McLaren and Clare are the big names when it comes to Shiraz in um, Australia. And um, so this wine was really giving me a very Shirazi kind of taste and and maybe it's the style of the winemaker or the like mm -hmm. the way that they make their wines there because it's um in terms of color it's an it's a really deep purple like plummy purple so not a blue purple it's a red purple um mm -hmm. it's quite uh dense opaque like you can't see through it even when you hold it up to the the light um it definitely has oh i don't didn't write the alcohol down on here what it is but i think it was fairly high like i want to say around 14 percent um mm. i have to grab the bottle later and find out exactly what the uh, alcohol level is um so i definitely getting the alcohol on the nose also i opened this about an hour and a half ago so it's had a little bit time to breathe it's only a 2019 so it's not like it needs a ton of time to breathe, but every wine's going to open up a little bit. And this one definitely has opened up in the last hour and a half since I, since I first opened the bottle. Um, we'll also mention it's a screw top wine. Don't be afraid of the screw top wine. <laughs> Love the screw top Pretty wine. much every wine in uh, Australia and New Zealand is going to be screw top. I, they've yeah. all transitioned to screw tops. Um, and that is not a reflection of the quality of the wine. So they're really, really expensive wines are still yeah. being closed with screw tops rather than corks. So that's just the way that they're doing it. So don't be put off by that if you see the screw top on a, on a pricey bottle of, uh, of wine from uh, Australia or New Zealand. Um, so it definitely has all of those traditional cab characteristics. It's the dark fruit. It's there's a um, maybe a tinge of like tobacco. Um, mm. It's got fairly strong tannins. It is uh, not particularly fruit forward, uh, meaning it, it doesn't taste like juicy in your mouth. It, there's it's mm. quite dry, um, but as it's opened up, it's kind of softened a bit, so it's not quite as tight and harsh as it was when I first opened it. So I guess mm -hmm. it's maybe had a chance for some of the alcohol to evaporate off it. Um, and, uh, you know, as you swirl it around in the glass, it kind of helps to sort of open things up a little bit. I'm just going to take another sip. So yeah, definitely the dark, dark, um, fruits, you know, the, the, uh, you know, black currant, um, mm. I don't really, I'm not tasting chocolate. Um, the description says that it has grainy tannins, but I don't really know what they mean by grainy tannins. Um, hmm. but they're saying- That doesn't uh, sound appealing for a while. No, no, it? nothing grainy <laughs> sounds appealing. Um, they're saying no. see sweet cherry, spicy oak mm. and vanilla notes. And yes, I'm tasting, I'm tasting all of those things in here. But I have to say it definitely has a Shiraz vibe to it. Yeah. And- maybe it's terroir, maybe it's the winemaker, um, and the, just the style or the way that they make wines in that region. So I'd say it's very, very typical of an Australian wine. And I, I would, I would buy this again. It's a nice one. Yeah. Um, yeah. the only thing it, like I had this actually with my dinner tonight, I had like a little splash to start with. Um, 
and I was having, you know, like mashed potatoes and mushroom gravy and stuff like that. Um, and I found it went quite well with, um, with food. And mm -hmm. I like to try wines with food to see how they taste and how they change when, when you, um, uh, when you have it with food as opposed right. to just drinking it on its own. So I would mm -hmm. say because this is, it's quite a full bodied wine, um, it would probably be better with food rather than just a glass of wine to drink, you know, on a patio or something like that. Like it's right. Yeah. It would go well yeah. with cheeses and stuff. I too. was just thinking, yeah, yeah. Nice to nibble. Yeah. And have like even a, like a strong cheese of some kind would go really well with it. Um, but it's not the kind of wine that I would just want to drink if I was just having a drink right after work or with friends yeah, or something too much. like that. Yeah. It's, too it's chewy. A, right. Yeah. 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 Maybe chewy is a, is a good word. It's, it's quite a mm. full bodied wine. So yeah. So that is my Chateau Tenuta, uh, Tenenda, sorry, not Tenuta, Tenenda, Grand Barossa, 2019 Cabernet Sauvignon. 22.95 at the LCBO in Ontario. Okay. Your prices may vary. <laughs> <laughs> right. So interestingly, um, so so the similarities, right, between that wine that you just talked about and this noble vines from Lodi, you know, as we said, sort of regions known for other grapes. And so, yeah, is it terroir? Is it is it much more that's the style of winemaking there? Um, Merlot is the fourth highest grape grown in Lodi, mm -hmm. um, which sort of leads me to believe that they probably blend it quite a bit. Yeah, I wonder how much the, that that's influenced by you know, yeah, we, we do really good Zins and mm -hmm. they're known for their intensity and, and things like that. So other fun facts about Merlot, just as you're sort of saying, like the, the fact that they came from the same grape originally. Yeah, or, yeah like, like carrot, I wonder, carrot grape. I, there's a word for it. I can't think of what it grape? is, but yeah, it's like, yeah, from a yeah, from a, yeah, a the mama DNA group. perspective, yes, it they yeah. both came from, yeah, Cabernet Sauvignon is Cab Cab Franc and uh, Sauvignon Blanc, right? Like there's the Sauvignon right. and the yeah, right. That's, that they yeah. So I wonder if some of that like vanilla because there's there's vanilla in here. Do you remember our wine instructor used to say Merlot is mellow? Yes. Yes. I was well, looking for my book today. I could not find it. Yeah, I, I was don't like, know oh. mine is either. Yeah, yeah. There's there's a wealth of really really good information mm -hmm. in the stuff that we got on that course. But yeah. yeah, I found it. I found it really interesting. This is fourteen and a half percent alcohol. So when I said it the, the tannins on the nose initially, I mean that obviously was a lot of that alcohol coming through as well. So it's quite high for a, a Malo, I think which again might be fairly typical of that, that sort of Lodi California style. Yeah, maybe. I think that definitely is a California thing. They like their big alcohol, high alcohol mm -hmm. wines in, in California for sure. Opening up. Opening up, yes. Delicious. Ah, so that's it for now. <laughs> I know you're probably thinking, oh, damn, I want to know more. I want to know what the next two wines are. Well, you're going to have to wait another week 
before you learn what our next two wines are. Um, so with that in mind, I'm only going to put the first two wines in the show notes for this episode. You will have to tune in again next week to hear uh, what our next two wines are. So I um, am going to leave you in suspense. Um, I know that some of you who like to binge things are probably going to say, oh, well, I'm not going to listen to this episode at all. I'm going to wait until they both drop and then I can listen to them both at the same time. Well, you, if that's the way you want to listen to it, then that's the way you want to listen to it. I'm just happy that you're here listening. So please tune in next week when uh, we talk about our next two wines. I have another Cabernet Sauvignon and Hillary has another Merlot to talk about. So please join us next week for part two of this discussion about um, two grapes and four regions. Thanks for listening and keep on cooking. <laughs>